As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. From a derelict spaceship in orbit above something-something Minneapolis, this is Evil Games Club. Do not attempt to adjust your device. We are controlling the transmission to tell Nice Games Club that they are wrong and dumb and that we know better. I'm Dylan Skirbitz, and I am up to no good. I'm Adia Alderson, and I do what I want. And I'm Dale LaCroix, and I hate everything. For our first Evil episode, our topics are who we are, gamer motivation profiles, and why Mario Kart Battle Mode is the worst. And so... Whether you're ready or not, here's how it really is. Surprise, everyone. We're yeah. not Nice Games Club. <laughs> <laughs> not even close. No. I guess this kind of came out of discussion. I heard it as it was your idea, Dylan. I'll take credit for it. Yep, oh. It was all my idea. I planned this all, and then I orchestrated it carefully to make Mark do all the work. That was so smart. I know, right? That's the key to being an evil mastermind is getting people to do what you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly can't remember. My memory doesn't go back that far. You know, oh, that's true. Anything I, more than two days, you really can't trust me. I was just indoctrinated in. I got an email saying, hey, you're an evil games club. Be prepared. <laughs> <laughs> I think be prepared I, was definitely appropriate. <laughs> I guess it did work. <laughs> you got somebody else to do your bidding. <laughs> so basically, who we are is we are all the... Um, significant others of the nice games club uh we are the generally more talkative halves yeah i'd say better halves better halves yeah, yeah. i agree yeah <laughs> <laughs> of the nice games club um so i thought we'd start out with um some introductions of just who we are dylan as uh as being the person who gets mentioned by name most often yeah. on the podcast <laughs> would you like to go first i'd love to Uh, yeah, so as I already said, I'm Dylan Skirbitz, uh, and I'm dating Martha, who's on the Nice Games Club. Uh, I'm the source for all of her ideas uh, and all oh. of her funny quips. Oh. <laughs> I like to write a little, you know, like cue cards for her before she goes on, you know. Just stand there with the teleprompter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I make her repeat the things to me. No, again, funnier, funnier. <laughs> um, yeah, no, most often you're, you're my boyfriend Dylan wants to buy a Vive. My boyfriend Dylan wants to. <laughs> <laughs> wants to buy is a theme, man. I, that's, yeah. that's me to a yeah, T. Yeah, it, like, it oh, was. Wants, wants to buy a thing. Switch. Yeah. <laughs> wants to buy a Miata. Um, yeah, so I'm not really a game developer. I've done some work at a couple of game jams. I was on the train jam in 2017 and also attended GDC. Uh, I typically do a lot of audio work. Um, I like to write music for games. I like to record voice lines for games. You can hear me in a couple of really strange game jam games, like a game about hand, hand washing uh, and a couple of games about cowboys. 
games uh, about things like that. Cowboys. Yeah. Um. There was. Yeah. Did, there, did you get to say cowboy lines? I so I prefer to be behind the mic. Uh, so <laughs> I went around recording people from various nationalities saying things like, "Oh, you got me, partner." <laughs> uh, so we started off. We started off going through the train and trying to find people who you know ha- were from the south and had good good southern accents, and then. Once we found some people from Finland and some people from Brazil, we're like, you know, cowboy is a state of mind. <laughs> so we went for a little more diverse cowboy crowd, and I think that really it really shows up in, in the mixing. Uh, but yeah, also a great hand-washing game where people had to record their uncomfortable reactions to someone trying to butt in while they're washing their hands at the bathroom. Uh, yeah, things like that. So yeah, I also have done a lot of 3D modeling uh, for my job, and I'm currently sort of a, sort of a programmer. It'd be un- un- unfair to real programmers to say I'm a programmer, but we'll I talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan, the sort of programmer. Yeah, we can just start throwing shade immediately. <laughs> uh, yeah, that pretty much sums me up. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I'm Adia. I am uh, Steven's counterpart. Um, he doesn't mention me too much by name. He never mentions you. I think, I think he mentioned me once and just yeah. said my name, but not in what context this or how I... idea that I know. Yeah, just, just <laughs> randomly. Uh, Anyways. Uh, yeah, to be fair, I think the only person he ever mentions is my brother, and then it's followed by a story of them playing a game. He doesn't mention, like, Lane's been on, and they are working on a game together, and I don't think they talked about it, that they were working on Fingence together. This is my partner in Fingence, the game that I'm always talking about. It's Lane. I don't think they the talked about stuff. that at all on the Nice Games Club. No. Yeah. So he just doesn't talk about people and his relationships to them. Yeah, not, no, not at all. Anyways, so uh, I give him a lot of inspiration ideas, similar to Dylan and Martha, so... <laughs> I'm a web developer by day. Uh, my day job, I do PHP. Don't judge me. <laughs> um, I'm just happy I know what that is. <laughs> Personal homepage. <laughs> uh, I'm also interested in narrative and games. So I do development on the side. I'm a dabbler and a hobbyist. One day I hope to put out a full feature length game. It's in the future. It'll happen. I don't use Unity a ton, which is unusual kind of in the development space. A lot of the engines that I use are things like RenPy and Visioneer Studio. And I use a lot of scripts to kind of make interactive fiction games like Ink Studios. Uh, uh, I think they're just called Inkle. And they have something called Ink, which you can create kind of narrative uh, fiction and interactive fiction. Basically, either web-based. And I think they have a plugin for Unity now, so that's nice. And then I've also messed with Choice Script if you've played Choice Games before on mobile. And then I've recently been messing with RPG Maker because I just got their Humble Bundle. Yeah, I think that's ended now. But they always do it a lot, so look for that every year. And I kind of delve into like story and character development. So I'm a huge fan of Mass Effect and Dragon Age. And I play a lot of point and clicks just for this Broken Age. Amazing game. You should all go play it. (laughs) So that's kind of my thing. So I guess I... From my point of view, it'll be both like beginner developer in the game world as well as a player and someone heavily uh, invested in stories, narratives, and games. I've been on Nice Games Club, so if you remember my melodic voice, I was on the episode, uh, they did a co-op talk interview when I talked about uh, interactive games, so if that's something you're into, go listen to that episode, it's great. (laughs) I was also (laughs) on again as a guest star for another co-op talk with uh, Lane, actually. And so that's 
Uh, oh, yeah. I work with Martha. So that's another relationship yeah, there. Yeah, I was going to be like, you can't like mention that you are always with Martha because you literally work with her yeah. during your day so job. So we work together and we get into a ton of shenanigans. Uh, <laughs> that's what happens when you work with Legacy Code, but <laughs> that'll be another podcast entirely. Uh, but no, yeah, so she's great and I love working with her. Mm-hmm. And I am Dale LaCroix. I am married to Mark LaCroix. Um, although I am never, never named in, <laughs> in, in the Nice Games Club, Mark exclusively talks about me as my wife. It's always when my wife plays <laughs> Yoshi's Epic Yarn, blah, 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 blah. When my wife. demanding to be on the podcast multiple yeah, I times. Have, I have, from its inception, I have demanded to be on the podcast. I call myself the number one playtester because um, when you want to do something or be something, it's just doing it or saying that you're going to do it. And therefore, by shouting it all the time, I am now the number one playtester <laughs> and have yet to be challenged in that. <laughs> um, and so, so from the beginning, I have been like, Stephen, you booked the guests. I want to be on. I am the number one playtester. He knows that I'm a good playtester. <laughs> Sort of. Like, we'll talk about when I'm eventually on Nice Games Club as a guest. We'll talk about my strengths and weaknesses as a playtester. But, like, I know that I'm good because people tell me that my notes are in their little notes. (laughs) Dale didn't understand what this, 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 this. (laughs) Like, my name is specifically, like, referenced in things. But since that time, never Never get that call back. I made notes and I was like, this is the questions I'm going to ask to the interviewers. And we're going to have a whole episode about playtests. And you know what happened? Um, I'm sitting there one day at Glitch and I look over and I'm like, hey, Steve, what are you doing for for a nice games club tonight? And he's like, oh, my roundtable topic is playtest. And I was like, (laughs) are you kidding me? (laughs) I have asked to be on this podcast to talk about that very topic. And you're just going to use it for a roundtable episode. But yeah, well, eventually they'll get you on to have the authoritative source on what playtesting is. <laughs> on playtesting. <laughs> or once we shut them down for good and yeah. take their place then, then in the I'll, podcast. It will just be playtest all the time yeah. with, with the world's number one playtester. So I am not a game developer at all, I am not a programmer at all. Um, I, I pick up a little bit from Mark talking at me all the time. I like to call myself a sounding board where you don't really have to understand anything. You just have to kind of be there and people work things out for themselves. It works it works quite well. Yeah, like for, rubber duck programming. Yeah, I was just about to say that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what that is, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a way of debugging your code where if things aren't working, uh, you explain what your code is doing to a rubber duck. Uh, with the idea that as you talk, as you formulate how your code is supposed to work, you'll discover those flaws just by explaining it. Yes, I am like a very sexy, attractive rubber duck. Yeah, you're a sophisticated <laughs> rubber duck. Okay. An advanced yeah. rubber duck. Advanced rubber duck. <laughs> rubber duck 2.0. <laughs> I am also the the person in the family who is saying, uh, Dale wants to buy this. <laughs> I did not grow up with video game consoles in my household. Um, we never owned a Nintendo until the Nintendo 64 in my household, and that was exclusively my brother's gaming console, so I never touched it. We never had uh, an NES in our household, um, and so we only played on uh, the computer. And then once I grew up and moved in with Mark and... Um, 
And suddenly I was the one saying, you know, Mark, we should really get that PS3. <laughs> and you know what, Mark? Uh, we should we should really upgrade to that PS4. And you know what, Mark? Uh, my friend's boyfriend bought an extra weeb. He pre-ordered it from two places knowing it was so rare. I'd like to buy it off of him. Oh, boy. Yeah, but the thing is, I thought the same thing was going to happen for the Switch, but me and Steven just went to Target, walked in, got a Switch, okay, walked you out. Are, you are in the tiniest possible minority there. It took me a month and a half to find a Switch. I guess I'm just that good. <laughs> well, fr- I think day one they were available, and day two they were not. And then uh, day two through day 62, they were not available. <laughs> yeah, because I remember playing and I was like, oh, you didn't get one? Oh, that's too bad. I got one. <laughs> And that's how idea is evil. <laughs> <laughs> All coming into focus. Uh, and then I also have a special relationship with Martha. Yeah, I was curious about that bullet point. <laughs> <laughs> we both love bugs. Oh, I hate bugs. Yeah, they're the worst. Oh, I love them. In fact, um, when we first got our PS3, the original controller that came with the PS3 didn't have rumble in it. And you had to buy the extra like $60 instead of $50 controller to get Rumble. And I don't like Rumble, so that one was my controller. And so I marked it as my controller by putting a little Beatles sticker on it. See, I've heard enough stories about cockroaches in PS3s that I thought that was going to take a way different. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's all good. It's a sticker, and it means it's fine. And now I have... Beetle stickers over all of my controllers and they're mine and they're usually the ones that are crusted in like ice cream and cookie dough. <laughs> so side note to Nintendo, I've been playing Animal Crossing New Leaf. It's an adorable game with adorable animals and adorable gameplay and someone at Nintendo decided, you know what this game needs? Tarantulas. <laughs> and so now I cannot play Animal Crossing between the hours of midnight and 2 a.m. because that's when they spawn. <laughs> well, at least they were kind enough to give you a time. Like, it's just yeah. to make you go to bed. You're like, ah, oh, it's midnight. Can't yeah. play Animal Crossing anymore. Yeah, maybe it's like the idea. Really, it's time to go to bed. <laughs> Night owl. That's okay, so wait till 2.01. <laughs> So anyway, one of our goals with the, the, this club was um, we found that listening to the Nice Games Club is that they tend to launch into topics and skip over things. They make uh, tangential references to things and don't really talk about what they are. I think it was like episode eight before Stephen really explained what Fingence was. He just kept referring to it. <laughs> And like eventually he was like, my game Fingence. And then you were like, thank you, Steven. <laughs> this is your game that you're continuously talking about. I think Mark's talked about Metro Nexus and he always explains it to me like, I am always talking about something specific about the game. So I don't need to like explain the premise about the game or what gameplay in it play is like. And I'm like, yeah, that's sort of true. But like a lot of inside baseball. Yeah, a lot of inside baseball, and like that's the most inside baseball you can get. Yeah, it's one thing to talk about hair physics in Witcher Three. Like you can probably go and find a copy of Witcher Three. Like you can't go and play Fingence if you <laughs> sounds cool, and it does yeah. sound cool. Yeah, they do have a yeah. website though if you like to check it out. Yeah, so, so I always think we're not that's plugging funny. them. We're against them, guys. Come on, focus. <laughs> so I always think that's funny, and one of the things that they uh, they talk about a lot and reference a lot is this gamer motivation profile, and it was until. Um, Episode eight, which was called um, I forgot now, but will it was Will You Be the Best with Me that they actually like 
talked about it a little bit more in depth. And in that case, they only talked about like one of the six tentacles. So I thought we could start out our Evil's Games Club by actually talking about that a little bit more in depth. This is really cool. Yeah, and filling out the back knowledge that the Nice Games Club just skips right over. (laughs) (laughs) We are the cliff notes. (laughs) TM, TM, TM. (laughs) (laughs) Adia, do you want to introduce what this motivation profile is? Yeah. So uh, the Gamer Motivation Profile is basically a test that you can take online. It's by uh, Quantic Foundry. And it basically gives you a diagram showing what are the motivations that you have to play games. Because some people may play for the immersion aspect. Some people really need the social. And it kind of gives you an insight of you as a gamer. Datafied. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'll just say right up front. Yeah. There are six categories and they're divided into action, social, mastery, achievement, creativity, and immersion. And then each of those is further subdivided, which I assume we can talk about when we get yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, and we ha- we each took this quiz, and then we each had our nice counterpart take the quiz too, so we could talk yeah. about what actually motivates about them, <laughs> <laughs> what actually motivates them versus what motivates us. In the show notes, we will have a link to um, both the Quantic Foundry um, Gamer Motivation Profile quiz they also have if you're interested a a board game motivation quiz um as well as a link to what each of us uh, had as our results yeah so um the first question the quiz asks is what is your favorite game and i thought this would be a good kind of intro into um a little bit more about us as gamers and who we are so Dylan, do you remember what you put in this quiz? Yes, I do, because I have a very, I have a very consistent favorite game. It's oh, been the same for a long time. What is it? Uh, my favorite game is Hydro Thunder Hurricane for the Xbox 360. I have not played that. It I is, have no idea. What it that is, is a niche water racing game uh, that came from the Xbox Arcade. It was just a small little uh, vector unit release, uh, and it was it just became something of an obsession of mine. I again, so like once we talk about these, you know, there are these. Uh, these categories like mastery and stuff like that. And I'm not really into, you know, like I, I'm a very competitive person, but I hate losing. So I don't compete in video games because I, if I'm not the best, what's the point? And I found this game and I was the best. And so <laughs> I, now when I say the best, I should qualify that. I happen to be pretty, do, pretty good at it. And the community was so small enough. So, so that you, you yeah, could it, be it, the best. Yeah, it became sort of a thing where I played like daily for multiple years and got to know. It's like one of the few games where I sort of made a community of online friends that I talked to and stuff. Um, yeah, and it's just it's a really fun game that has a certain glitch in it. So one boat is incredibly broken. So online, it's a very nice and even and fair game because there's only one boat you're allowed to use because it's broken. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I can get really deep. Okay, all right. So, like, how this boat is okay, broken? Okay, so so the way the game works. Um, oh, like like it's broken. There's the, a glitch, the, the mechanics, so you can yes. only choose one boat. No, one of the boats. Uh, so it's like it's a a water based game, and it has boost that allows you to make jumps. Uh-huh. Um, and so it's sort of a combination of like jumping to different sort of secret passageways and stuff like that, and then general water racing is. Um, but the thing is, for a specific set of boats, um, there is a weird glitch where the normal top speed of the boat is voided if you turn the boat about 18 to 25 degrees to one side. 
which ena- enables you, especially in this particular boat, uh, that is the boat made for jumping, uh, enables you to do this sort of slalom motion where you're constantly turning and you can hit on like you know beat the top speeds of any other boat by a wide margin. That's insane. Uh, so it becomes this incredible sort of like drifting competition as you use waves to keep yourself in the air as much as possible, and it sort of it essentially becomes a flying game where you are forced to touch the water every now and then. Uh, but because this one boat is so much faster, anyone who wants to be good, like you know, if you want to get good leaderboard times, if you want to compete online, you have to play that boat. Um, so it is like I could see for someone who isn't like really weird like me, it would be really annoying because there's not much variation. There are only 12 maps or 11 maps, um, and you can only use one boat. Uh, but it, for me, it was very freeing because there's no there's no customization. Like you can't do anything to the boats. There's just one boat that is the best, so everyone uses it, and it's a level playing field. So you find out how good you you know how good you are at the end of the race because yeah that's all there is and Dylan likes it cuz he's the best <laughs> well again i wasn't the best and the community despite being small was very very competitive uh, <laughs> well, i had i had some, i had some times pretty high in the top 100 for a while um, and i think most of this have dropped i think i was 27 in the world for a while in one of them Ooh. but there really good like to make multiple accounts to get like to fill up the leaderboards like the top 10 is four people so they they drop everybody else down so i was i was number 27 but i think i was higher Uh (laughs) uh-huh adia do you want to go next yeah sure so uh i put uh legend zelda majora's mask which everyone's like because if you know me i love mass effect but it had it's it's a close second so close (laughs) the reason i like majora's mask so much is I felt, okay, and then Steven's going to be like, gameplay. The gameplay. (laughs) (laughs) The gameplay mechanics of the game were really good. Uh, I love the whole, like, mask switching, but it had a really great story. I love the story of Majora's Mask and how it played throughout. I love the kind of how each of them were, like, these small snippets of worlds that you could, like, go into where people have like these timelines just for three days and so you can get really intricate with kind of like the people's lives and you watch these things happen every day and butterfly effect times 10 is you change things the world slowly changes with you that was so cool like i still have like really fond memories of it and i uh for a long time i had uh so in the game uh you have three days and every three days you can play a song to go back so you're basically looping over and over again until you kind of get finished the the game uh-huh. and when you get to the third day in the last hour the music gets all scary and spooky and then the whole thing starts shaking and stuff like that i had like the intro of that as my ringtone for a long time <laughs> and so <laughs> when i was in class and someone would call me all of a sudden everybody would look like what what's happening because it's like the end of the world kind of music <laughs> 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 but no like uh that game has such a special place in my heart but mm-hmm. after that it's mass effect and as you hear my game profile, you'd be like, that makes so much sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, that's a really good immersive game with a strong story. And I liked that I was able to c- kind of create a character that looked like me. And that's a whole other topic. And it, play th- it will be another topic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And play through the game and be able to like see the world change as I do things. Like, I think that's something I really like is that I can see the impact kind of physically and throughout the characters in the world as I kind of maneuver around in it. Um, and mine was Lego City Undercover, which I always remember. <laughs> oh, I got a fake thumbs up from Adia there, which I just call it home. I just call it Lego Detective because Legos that's what. Are, <laughs> yeah, Lego's a great series. Yeah, and like that was an especially good game. Everybody complains about the loading time, but I just 
do this thing where I go and I go to the kitchen and I do some stuff and then I come <laughs> back. <laughs> but it, it was a great game and like that the the title of Lego City Undercover was just too long for me to say. So I just <laughs> Lego and then what was he? He was a detective. Lego <laughs> detective. And so that's what I call it at home and then I always have to go, Mark, what's that game really called? Um, but yeah, and <laughs> yeah, and it seems to go with a lot of my my gamer profile things. So, on to motivations. Yay! Yeah, so I thought we'd start at Mastery because that was the one that that, uh, that Stephen kind of jumped into. And so my Mastery score was actually really low at 18% and Mark's was at 56%. How were your guys's? So... Oh, I'm guessing Dylan's is going to be high. Ah, see, that's where you're wrong. Despite my favorite game and that little piece of me bragging, I have like, because I really hate losing, my mastery score is 7%. And I stack up a solid 5% in challenge. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Because, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. No, I guess that's that's true, too. Because, like, mine was really low. Mine was... Four percent. Whoa! <laughs> wow! Yeah, I have a really low mastery there. So a, a, a quick, brief uh, snippet. Uh, basically, mastery is people who like uh, strategic depth and complexity in their games. Uh, gamers with a low mastery score enjoy being spontaneous in games and prefer games that are accessible and forgiving when mistakes are made. <laughs> and yeah, and it's further subdivided into uh, challenge and strategy. Yeah, uh, both mm-hmm. of which I had really low scores in. Same. Those things are for nerds. Oh, I had a higher strategy score, and Mark had an extremely high scr- strategy. score. I am not score. surprised by that at all. That sounds no. <laughs> yeah, Stephen, yeah. Stephen had a, a pretty decent. He was twenty five percent for uh, mastery. I think that comes to fighting games. So he's the kind of game who plays a smash with the items off. Yeah, you now understand Steven yeah. to a T. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, Martha, Martha's pretty much in the middle. She's got like, she, on, she took it twice. So she has 50%, uh, 54% and 44%, um, but that's all strategy. Her, uh, her challenge is like 4% and it's 86 on strategy. Yeah, I think he, yeah, uh, that was the same with Steven. His was challenge was 69% because he's really into kind of like fighting games, especially Smash. Yeah. I'll keep saying that. The only... He has a beef against Tekken. That's a different issue. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, what what'd you have next? Achievement? Yep, I was going to go on to achievement. Were you going to keep him compete for highest scores again? <laughs> oh, if you want to talk about that. Because Martha has a super high... Martha just is into everything in games. Like, this is... I had, like, oh, yeah. two things that I was like, eh, these are the things I like. Martha's is just basically, like, a big hexagon. Like, she likes everything. Yeah, uh, um... For listeners who are not looking at this right now, they present your results to you in this radar diagram. And so the more you like everything, like the bigger your blob is and the less you like everything, the smaller your blob is. And I would just like to say any listeners who did not pause this podcast and go take it. What are you doing with your life? Go take the The, quiz. It's not that hard. (laughs) And then you can compare. They're probably driving. <laughs> Pull over. <laughs> you know, you're all driving. Be Teslas. late somewhere. Put it on, whatever. Uh, put it on autopilot. It's not that hard. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so the first time I took it, I got a thing back that was like this tiny little thing. And Mark looks at me and he's like, I watched you take this and all the things you love. You like, you just put like, weird little middle middle of the road answers on it and so he made me take it again and I got I got a bigger blob that was that was all to one side but yeah he made me take it again because I do this thing when I'm taking quizzes or answering questions where I I like to answer exactly what they're asking 
<laughs> rather than not like what their meaning behind the question is. And yep, so I got a score of 61% in achievement. I'm a completionist and I want to have all of all of the everything. <laughs> and yeah. Mark got a, a score of 20%. That makes sense. Yeah, Mar- it- Martha, Martha scored an 89, but that's almost entirely due to completion. She had 98 for completion. Yeah. She really wow. likes finishing. I got 94 in completion. Yeah, and see, I'm way more ambivalent. I was a 52, um, yeah, 42% completion, 58 power, like... Yeah, I like being powerful and I like competing things, just not that much. Yeah, I have power at 21%. <laughs> so, yeah, so Steven, I'll say Steven's first because mine's embarrassing low. So Steven's is 38% for achievement. And like everyone else, the majority of his is in the completion area with a high 50%. No, okay, he has 57% in completion and 28% in power. What is power is that? How much you enjoy the feeling of being powerful in video games? That's under achievement? Okay. Apparently, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, uh, because it's about, like, how quickly do you level up? And how, uh, how quickly do you want to get that that powerful weapon and whatnot? <laughs> so how long to God mode, essentially? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The TTGD. <laughs> so I got a 2% for achievement. Wow. <laughs> and... Uh, and they broke it down as my completion was 13%. My power was 2%. Do you weak. just not like video games? <laughs> <laughs> well, no. So, like, when I play a game, and normally when they give you those side quests, uh, go collect 50 of these or collect 90 of these. I'm like, why? If, <laughs> <laughs> if there's not, like, a story component tied to it for why I'm collecting these, or I'm forced to, like in Wind Waker, when you have to collect all the different pieces to finish up the Triforce, that, okay, Look that up. You'll find a lot of forums of people complaining. Anyways, I'm just like, it doesn't make any sense. I don't like things put in just to make the game longer or just to give you that trophy on Steam because you've collected 50 berries. So how many hours of Breath of the Wild did you play? See, this is why. <laughs> so this, I don't believe this for a second because I know you like that game. I, okay, I love Breath of the Wild and stuff like that, but I'm not like... She just spent all her time cooking. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do enjoy the cooking aspect, but like I love the uh, the exploration of finding things. But I wasn't like obsessed. Like if I beat the game and I didn't find all the shrines, I'm not gonna cry or whatever. Mm. So, <laughs> or I and I like to take my time with stuff. I'm still not done with it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's a weird thing. Where like I'm not big on having to do everything. Even if I complete the game and there's other stuff, I'll take my time. Like I didn't do all the side quests in Skyrim. Probably won't do all the side quests in uh, Divinity Original Sin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You trying to trip me up? No. I'm not trying to trip you up. I was asking an honest question. <laughs> me, I like to find all this stuff, even if it's not like part of the story. Like I remember in Tomb Raider, the 2013 version, I found all of the mushrooms except one. The last one I was like, I'm done with this because I just couldn't find it. But like everything else, I was like, I need to find all the things. <laughs> Exception. I will collect everything if it has to do with customization of your character. Mm. All of a sudden, then I. But that falls more into like creativity with like the design or aspect, right? But like, true. But like, if there's like a thing where you have to collect these many items to be able to form this item, I will hunt and search down everything <laughs> I can to have all the outfits. That's a goal. I have not beat Breath of the Wild, but I do own every outfit in the game. <laughs> <laughs> yep. There you go. Yeah. Yep. Okay. <laughs> That's where that thirteen percent comes in. <laughs> So how do you feel about games where where outfits are kind of like worth money and then you have to like sell outfits or things in order to get money to get other ones? 
Uh, so I'm thinking specifically about Witcher Three, where I always have to like sell outfits and deconstruct outfits, and to in order to buy or construct better ones. Yeah, see, that's that's where I have a hard time with. So I'm the person who actually likes that feature where you can wear something that doesn't affect your stats, and underneath you can wear what right. you need to to have your stats. Because the, the problem is a lot of time end game armor is kind of ugly. Not gonna lie. Okay, there's some good ones, but sometimes I have like mid tier armor that looks really cool, and then I get something that's better. I'm like, now I'm forced to wear this because it has better stats, but it doesn't match but my outfit. Ugly. <laughs> See, that's something. That's something that uh, Terraria did really well because they just have a, they have two slots for yeah. every every like equipment item. And you can put whatever you want in either one, but one of them shows up as what your character looks like, and the other one has the stats. So yes. it's like a nice little compromise where you can wear your bubble hat and your silly Jester's outfit and still have endgame armor, <laughs> armor underneath. That's my dream. But I get when you're trying to do the more realistic feel, I I will succeed that point, especially for Witcher 3. That makes sense. But normally, if I could have it my way, mm-hmm. that's how I prefer kind of like that customization portion of it. Yeah, I I also find myself uh, chasing after all the things um, and all the money. I know, like in in like the regular Lego games, where it's kind of like everything you hit just explodes money at you. (laughs) (laughs) I hit my microphone. That's what's going on. Oh, it was a great sound effect. We keep that in. (laughs) (laughs) Explodes money at you. (laughs) Um, I am the one, and I I chase after all the little the little. dot things and I, I literally run around and I say money 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 <laughs> so yeah I love I love having enough money in video games like that's I to, to the buy wild. everything yeah, you that, want that's the thing is I don't like selling things in video games no, I just want to have it. all the things I wanted I want to have all of it and yeah. I don't like having to choose I just want to be able to go out and get more money by punching more Legos and having it explode money at me, yeah, and then and then I die, and then it takes the money away from me, and I explode into a cloud of money. See, I spent multiple hours just perfecting the bowling mini game in uh, in Breath of the Wild, so that I could get a strike every time and pull in that cool whatever it is like two thousand rupees for yeah yeah oh, so, nice. yeah, and I just played that game for hours and hours and hours until I had enough rupees to buy everything I wanted. Oh, I yeah. just gambled in that one island until. I had oh, yeah. <laughs> See, I also I don't gamble in games because I'm like I don't gamble in real life. I don't like like I don't get the the thrill of winning. I'm just like no, oh. the pain of defeat sucks way more. I, I I played a lot of Gwent in order to get some more money. <laughs> um, but that kind of moves us. Do we want to talk about power for a hot second, or do we just want to move it to the next uh, category? Uh, I think none of us cared about power. No, I don't care either. Okay. Actually, that was the my my higher one. I didn't that have anything in completion. I had fifty eight percent for power. So oh wow! I, like, I don't know. Do you oh, want to I talk like about cool. why you like power? Uh, well, I mean, I don't like like I really goes. It is actually more to do with like challenge. Like I don't like challenge in video games. I want to just uh-huh. blow through the video game as God's gift to whatever species I'm visiting. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't feel the need to like, oh, learn my way. It's why I never like Dark Souls is because it's like, no, I'm the big bad guy. I'm the one that people should fear. You want, you want to be the evil one? Exactly. I think this is the perfect place yeah, for you. Yeah, I fit right in. I didn't like Dark Souls either. And uh, fight me if you want to on that. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I won't because I never played it. The thing that drove me bonkers about Dark Souls when I did play it a little bit was I mean, that part is sort of understandable. Like, fine, you can say my game is really hard and it all has to be perfect. You know, it's like a hard Battletoads level, whatever, fine. But the points where there are like enemies waiting behind doors to shove you off cliffs. So it's like, 
it's not even twitch mechanics. The first time that happens, you can't dodge it. Yeah. You just simply don't know. So it's literally just like the game saying, haha, now you have to backtrack and start again. Remember where this guy is next time. <laughs> and that I absolutely can't yeah. stand. It's, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Player abuse. <laughs> I guess I would say I do not enjoy dying. Yeah, I, I would also agree with that. I play support, so when I play with you, you never die. Yeah. So you we see you play heal supports, not like Leona engage support. Well, even when I play Leona, nobody dies because I'm a good Leona. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so creativity. I now this is the one where I actually scored high. I'm very to one side. If you look at mine, it just juts to one section of this hexagon. Sixty two percent. Oh, I got 61%. Oh, got 61%. Look at that. really? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> okay, everybody, how did your partner score? Mark came up with 23%. Uh, Steven came with 28%. Martha came in with 92%. <laughs> oh, wow. that's Martha loves everything. <laughs> yeah, Martha just loves everything about video games. So naturally, she scored that. Let's see. Hers were, yeah, 91% on discovery and 85% on design. Yeah, she just loves to find new things and do new things. And yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Ma- uh, yeah I had 22% on discovery, but 84% on design, which makes sense because I'm the person who spends four hours in character creator. <laughs> <laughs> even in like the most rudimentary one, with, uh, Mass Effect Andromeda, even though the character creator was horrendous, but I took the extra two hours. And poor Steven sat there and watched me. <laughs> <laughs> you did that in front of Steven. Yeah, and I was like, well, what about this? What if I just this? And he's like, it looks good. <laughs> but no. Because uh, there's a look that I want to have in games, and I like, and the worst thing is if I settle on it, and I'm like, oh, that's good enough, and play it. Five minutes in, I look at my character, it's like, dang, I can't stay with this character for like the rest of the game, and I have to start over again. So I said, might as well do it while on the outset, so I don't screw myself over when I get in the game. So um, I also like outfits and stuff like that. I also like anytime you can change how the character walks and the mechanics. Yes, I play The Sims a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, yeah. so can you describe the essence of your characters and what like drives you mad about when it's not made right? So I like characters that look like me. Uh, FYI, I'm black and I'm female. So very hard to find characters and make characters that look like me. That's probably why I liked Mass Effect so much, because that was the closest I was able to actually create the original trilogy. So is it just that you don't see yourself in your character when you're like, I can't do this for, you know, five minutes in. I can't do this for the rest of the game. You're like, that's not me on yeah, the screen. Yeah, like, that's not me. No, clearly. And I try to get as close as possible. For most games, the closest I can get is my shade and maybe the eyes. And I always, there are no good afros in game I have seen yet. Prove me wrong. If you know, tweet me or whatever. There's that I would article love to. on Kotaku about E3, yeah. which sounded promising, sort of. Yeah, I have to check that out. But, like, that's all I want. I don't want... Okay, there are two options in every game for black hairstyles. Uh-huh. Cornrows and a really big afro that just looks like a bush. <laughs> <laughs> and that is usually... And you're lucky... No, okay. Sometimes they don't even do an afro. You either get cornrows or dreadlocks, dreadlocks or afros, afros or cornrows or cornrows or dreadlocks, and that's it. Or sometimes you don't even get that. You just get the fade. It's not uh-huh. even a good fade. It's a bad fade. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's when I see things that I'm able to create a character that looks really close to me, I'm like, good job. Really good job. So I know another to Nintendo. I'm just going to pick on Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing New Leaf, you can change your socks and your shoes and your clothes and your hair 
and your accessories, you can't change your skin cell. You can tan, which I do at every Animal Crossing game. <laughs> but there's no option for that. But yeah, whatever. So do you choose your clothes to also look like your clothes you would wear every day? Or do you just choose them to look more like your style or more like not ugly? More, I actually, I guess I do kind of wear things like, I would wear this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just trying to gauge if you're like, Making everything like you, or you're just like the the core no, like I do. you, and then dress it up like. No, I make everything like me in games. When they allow me to choose the character name, regardless of whether it's male or female, or whatever they look like, it's always a dia because I get it's adrenaline rush when I when other characters are talking to me. I'm like, oh, a dia, you need to say this, a dia. What are you doing? No, a dia. I feel like this ties in a lot to the immersion score, especially what you're talking about. Oh yeah, because I yeah, I'm the complete opposite. I would much rather be like a blue skin centaur every game than anything resembling a human being. <laughs> yeah, I had creativity sixty one percent, discovery uh, fifty three, and design sixty four. And I think where my discovery got so high was from the completionist part of it because like other things like I'm thinking of like the video game flower like I had no interest in in that because like yeah there's lots to explore but why (laughs) (laughs) like there aren't things for me to pick up yeah (laughs) like there is no objective oh it's so relaxing yeah, I could go outside. <laughs> I, I did not get that one. <laughs> like, it's not just exploring. It's, like, exploring for a reason or else exploring with, like, the purpose of being, like, can I go behind this building? Or, like, I wonder where the programmers stopped, like, bothering to make th- everything look <laughs> nice. <laughs> I wonder if I can, like, jump up on this weird ledge <laughs> or if they, like, made it impossible. <laughs> So I do that too, but that's more for immersion. I'm like, okay, how far did they go to keep this a seamless world? And I try to like, what bothers me is when they build entire towns and I'm okay with some doors that you can't open. But the worst is when you go into a town and there's only one, uh, one building that you can enter in and all the others are fake. And I'm like, oh, I would rather you just put empty rooms everywhere. I don't like that. So that's only when for me, the discovery part and kind of seeing like, oh, can I do this? I also really like it when you can sit on a chair in a game. I like that too. Right? I'm always sitting on chairs. Oh, it's just a small thing. You know, for those people out there who love immersion, you designers and programmers who put that little extra love of allowing me to sit on a chair in a game, I appreciate you. Yeah. Come on X and Y, man. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to, do you want to like, just like move into that from uh, through immersion? Oh, almost. But he has oh, to talk oh, about yeah. Dylan has to talk about his creativity. Oh, I don't yeah. know. I had sixty four and sixty five for discovery and design. I don't know. Like, yeah, so I like discovering. Really I'm just. I'm very similar. Ambivalent on this thing. Yeah, like I. I enjoy designing characters, but not that much. Um, I enjoy discovery, but I'm not. I never like. I don't want like the completionist side. I don't feel the need to find everything. Like it's cool to stumble across stuff, but I, you know, I'm usually focused on something else, like acquiring my cool gear or you know, doing a quest, like I'm very like uh tunnel vision. I don't or stray from paths a lot. Money, money, money. Yeah. Or, or, <laughs> or, or that good, good money. Um, yeah. And I think maybe that has to do with like, I grew up playing Halo over and over and over again, which is like a very, it's not the most linear game, but it's close. Um, it's pretty linear. And so, yeah, I just, I, I have a goal and I go towards that goal. And if I see things on the way, great, but I'm not going to turn. I stop and admire the graphics. You know, people who put the little flower there, how the water ripples. 
I also went around in League of Legends to see where they put all the different animals and the new things oh, in the jungle. Yeah. Yeah. And the poor suicide frog. Oh, yeah. And the nice little snails. Like, props to people who work on that. <laughs> so, immersion. Immersion, yeah. So, I was going to say with the, the sitting on chairs thing. Because <laughs> I try to sit on all the chairs. And right? then I, I do a lot of, like, jumping up onto chairs and standing on chairs. <laughs> attempting to sit on them the other thing i do is um i uh like in witcher 3 every time i go swimming i take off my clothes yes i do too because <laughs> who goes swimming in armor it makes no sense you'll sink yeah <laughs> i'm starting to feel like my immersion score should be even lower <laughs> <laughs> oh okay well, what was your score for immersion um my score for immersion was 86 percent. Woo! mine was I think I'm in the high 80s, 90% high Woo! immersion scores. <laughs> okay. uh, Martha is in your club at 90%. Wow. Uh, I had a much more reasonable 44%. <laughs> All right. And okay. And Mark's, Mark's similar to you at 48%. Steven comes in at 1%. I knew it. <laughs> Steven could care less if there's a story, if there's narrative, if characters even exist. You could literally have every character say banana forever. <laughs> as long as the game mechanics are solid, he's good. Yeah, it's called four blocks, and all the characters are blocks that just screech at each other. But the punching <laughs> controls are fantastic. Exactly. Steven commentary to a T. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, in my notes, I had this thing about talk about vengeance here and the story there. Okay, yeah. So, about, yeah. <laughs> you you yeah. go ahead and talk about it. Yeah, so Dale is confused, rightfully, because they never explain it. Uh, Steven has a game called Fingence. Basically, the game premise is that there is a bunch of fish, and they live in the ocean, but all of a sudden, I think the evils are dolphins. Or Yeah, they're, I'm yeah. pretty sure they're dolphins. Yeah, so evil dolphins come and steal their ability to breathe underwater, and so because of that, they're forced to use submarines underwater in order to kind of, like, fight the evil dolphins to get their ability to breathe back. They never explain this in the game. You just no. start playing and then you, you're you a just, fish. I want to insert Dale's uh, quote from last time. Why do the fish need submarines? <laughs> yeah, like you're just a submarine. But like when all the graphics come up, you have this like nice, beautiful picture of like, you're Sparky the fish. You're this and the fish. <laughs> and you're like, why are there fish in a submarine underwater? <laughs> Yeah, they were. They had this weird idea because they didn't want to put it in the game that they were going to have like a mini comic that was linked that you, if you cared about the story, you could go check out. What? Yeah. That's awesome. They what? should do that. Yeah. What? Well, why would you not just put it in the game? Like, I don't you know. You know, put it in the loading screen. Well, you, you press X to get through it. <laughs> to be honest, I mean, it is a bullet hell game. You don't need tons of story, story for but it. Yeah. you just need to know why I, the heck. I know I made this point before, but the there are so many bullet hell games that have, like, really, really complicated in-depth uh -huh. stories. That's yeah. the whole Tuhu thing. Is like, literally just how many magical girls can you fit into your bullet hell game? So, this yeah, is true. No, no excuse. Like, uh, okay. Yeah, like... All video games have, well, not all of them, but video games tend to have, like, the wackiest plot lines. Yeah. Hey, yeah, well. like, if you, yeah. Like, I would, I after I got done playing with Halo, and I just played it, like, I just picked it up a year and a half ago when it came free with my, my Xbox One, I, I, would, I would go to bed, and I would be like, Mark, 
this is what happened in Halo. <laughs> and he would be, well, first of all, he would ignore me because he does not care about the plot of Halo. But it is like insane. And then you're like, and then this, you know, this is what happens in Halo 1. And this is what happens in Halo 2. And it like, they are the craziest stories. And then like, it's not like just like bullet hell action games. Yeah, and it's we like, really need to have a Halo episode. Yeah, we do. I have an irrational love for those games. But the thing is, like, you you say this is a crazy story, but there are forums and people trying to create the kind of meaning and depth of Halo. What it was really trying to convey, <laughs> uh-huh. and they go through and they're like, and this is how it all connects, and this is how it goes in chronological order. And I'm like, even if it's the most craziest story, it these are the stuff that kind of ties games to the game. Even if it, you're like, it's about the mechanics. Well, and it's fascinating to read. The, uh, sorry, this is sort of we're delving into a side, but um, if you either of you guys read, there was a great uh, Waypoint article that went really in depth with the makers of Halo, and seeing it from their side is baffling because I grew up playing these games. I mean, like the Halo story is awesome. I remember being twelve and and being like, yeah. Halo Two is going to blow my mind, and playing that and being like, oh my gosh, there's all this intrigue. There's the Arbiter and there's the Heretic and all this stuff, and then reading this interview and the game developers going, yeah, we were really disappointed because we had to ship Halo 2, so we just cut out the entire last third of the game. Just like, There what? was another third? There was an entire another act. That they were like, well, we can't finish this plot. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but the thing is, is like, um, there's another article uh, similar to that that was talking about how a lot of games, even though the multiplayer is the big seller, they always keep that single player kind of story experience in mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Any fighter game you've played or whatever, because yeah. there are people who will buy multiplayer games and just want to play the story. Like, oh, yeah. I bought Injustice. I don't like the multiplayer, but I played through the single player experience and I enjoyed it. And everyone's like, why would you buy Injustice if you're not going to fight against these new ones? Yeah, I've, I've played at Call of Duty Black Ops 3. It has an insane storyline. <laughs> but it's really weird when they do the opposite. For example, uh, Mass Effect Andromeda is a very single-player experience. If you've played Dragon Age or are familiar with Bioware, you know that it's RPG, hardcode, single-player. You have this narrative story. So it's really weird where they thought, what does this game need? A multiplayer mode. And right? I'm like... But there, there are so many things like that. Like, like, oh yeah, I definitely bought Uncharted so I could play the Uncharted multiplayer. That's where it really <laughs> shines. Like, who are you? Who are those people who are like, yes, I need multiplayer Uncharted because every other multiplayer game in the universe isn't enough. Right, and I feel uh-huh. like the time that they dedicated to like multiplayer mode could have been used for like the single player experience with Mass Effect and Drama really needed. But <laughs> yeah, they yeah. had problems that even that wouldn't fix. Yeah. Yeah, so the thing I was going to say that it's not limited to like shooting games where like the plot lines are insane because I remember Professor Layton, like the plot line was, oh, we went to London and then all this mysterious stuff happened. And like, you know, spoiler alert, but like what it was was you took an elevator underground and they built a whole new fake London underground for you to explore. Like that was the thing that happened. That's a heck of a twist. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like that's insane. <laughs> there is a whole fake so you're just saying game developers the... are insane. Well, it seems they, to be a reoccurring theme. They yeah. they come with up with the bot really bizarre storylines. I mean, because action games have like a lot of intensity, so the storyline kind of matches. Yeah. Meanwhile, Professor Layton, you know, you just run into some lady who's like, I can't stack my pancakes, and you can't stack a larger pancake on top of a smaller <laughs> pancake. But then it ends up, you know, 
entire fake city under the real city <laughs> or entire Loch Ness monster inside the damn lake or whatever it is. And then you have games like destiny where they just forgot the story. And we're like, uh, I hated uh, destiny. Cards? So like, yeah, I, I bought that because they promised like this world to explore and all these like creative things. I bought this game. And I was like, mm. but uh, I think the next one is action, which I scored, okay, basically from here on out, everything else is low for me. <laughs> uh, I scored really low. Uh, I don't like, uh, so there's two subcategories under that is destruction and excitement. And I think we should explain that a bit because when I saw that low excitement score, I was like, what? I like excitement in my games. But basically that one more is uh, gamers who score high in this component enjoy games that are fast paced, intense, and provide a constant adrenaline rush. And that's not me. Especially if I play like visual novels or uh-huh. fictions, I don't need that constant adrenaline, like go, 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 move, move, move type things. Uh-huh. And so I guess that's why I scored low there. Yeah, I scored low on excitement too. I got 10%. Yeah, me that's too. That's exactly what Mark got. Yeah, see, I, I was very in the middle of the road for this one too. I had 59% for action um, and I had a, just 29% for excitement and a solid 82 in destruction. Um, oh, okay. Which is funny because Martha has a 73 in action, which is surprising because she mostly plays point and click adventure. Well, games. no, <laughs> but she loves destruction and blowing things that, up. That is why she has that. <laughs> she's at like 90% or something, 91% for destruction. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, she really likes blowing stuff up, just not anything that would require, you know, twitch movements. Exactly. Uh, Steven was high in action, no surprise. Uh, he was at 69% with. Uh, 95% in excitement and 24% in destructive. So hmm. he needs that kind of adrenaline rush kind of let's keep it going type gameplay. Yeah. 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 Um, he plays a lot of uh, side scrollers and a lot of fighting games. So it kind of lends itself. Uh-huh. Yeah. And see like, yeah, I, I mostly play like space trucking games. I played Euro Truck Simulator. I don't need a lot of like really fast paced stuff. I just want to maybe be able to make pretty yeah. explosions. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Mark scored 6% in action. Not surprised. (laughs) (laughs) Mark LaCroix, does he like video games? (laughs) Not according to this chart chart (laughs) I have. To that tiny little, like, pointy thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Well, the thing is, he doesn't even play a lot of games. His vision of video games is everything could have stopped right after Mist came out. (laughs) (laughs) He's a very funny guy. But at the same time, he's the guy who's up all night playing whatever. And I'll like wake up and then he'll, you know, he's still playing Zelda or I'll wake up and he, you know, he has his games and his franchises where he plays them. Yeah. And then like, that's it. He has a very niche kind of choice mm-hmm. in what he yeah, decides and to that, play. Yeah, that's kind of how I am too, just yeah. because I don't have a lot of time to devote to things because once I get a game, I have to collect all of the things and that doesn't leave much time for other games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> there is, you know, there is so many mushrooms I need to collect and so many this I need to collect. So, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm too busy playing Gwent so I can afford my better armor. <laughs> what was your uh action you said again oh my action yeah just very very i had 82 percent destruction and Uh, only 29 percent excitement so yeah i I play a lot of very slow games i like podcast games like games i can watch tv while i play especially elite dangerous like can't get enough of just sitting around in space with nothing to do Uh, (laughs) but i do have a soft spot for especially things like like just cause oh my word just cause 2 i played that game 
into the ground just because, yeah, just showing up into a place and just blowing up anything that's destructible <laughs> and then moving on mm-hmm. like a crazy, insane Batman. I have all those because I got them in a humble bundle. I haven't played them yet. Uh, I would recommend two. Three is really like detailed, but I don't know. There's a little bit of the soul gone. Two is just, it's such a great game because you like it. It has just taken like it, its tongue and placed it so firmly in its cheek that like the game, like if you if you watch the cutscenes or like your the premise is described to you, you're like, okay, this is sort of like, you know, like a uh, far cryy sort of you know disrupt the government thing, and you're this gruff you know secret agent. When in reality, it's just pure lunacy of you like grappling around and attaching cars to each other and dragging them off cliffs and driving <laughs> planes into whatever you feel like and exploding whole air fluid fields at once and like setting up the shots of your characters walking away as you press the detonator and everything explodes. Like it's just, it's like pure sandbox insanity, uh, which is really fun. Like it's just, it's a great game because they're like in terms of story, not worth it. It's garbage. Yeah. You, you literally just turn it on and no matter where you're standing, you are 10 feet away from something that's going to make a huge explosion. <laughs> <laughs> so hearing everybody talking, for the most part, I'm assuming everyone's going to score pretty low on the social aspect or no. So that is my highest score. What? Uh, that's uh, actually I Overwatch, I think. <laughs> well, but that's the weird thing is I do play a lot of Overwatch and it's good. Um, but my co- competition score is pretty oh, much okay, in the middle. It's like 57. Mm-hmm. My community score is 87 and I think it actually should wow. be higher. That's my highest wow. score period is community. I love the idea like I love getting together with people to do things whether it's my friends. I love making friends on on game communities even though I like I don't have a lot of video game friends. Cause I'm actually pretty shy on the internet. Like I don't, I'm a lurker a lot of the time, but I love I like a lurker. the sense of the community. Like I want to do things with people. So I'll talk about elite dangerous again, but um, elite dangerous has these. Uh, so I should preface this. If you don't know about elite dangerous, it's a space sim set in a realistic universe with lots and lots of empty space. There is very little to do in that game. It is basically like, uh, there's kind of a crappy grind. You got a little bit of sh- like space fighting and a little bit of trading, but by and large, it is an incredibly boring, like empty game. Um, so what people do is they get together in big groups and they just go fly around the universe. Um, so I'm part of something right now called the distant worlds Expedi- expedition. Uh, so every couple of days, a hundred or so people just meet up. We all log into the same server, fight the stupid server lags. We all, all get in just so we can all hang around in space in like, you know, in the void of nothing and be like, oh, my strip, oh, just fly around and bump into each other. And then we all group jump to the next objective and meet again in a couple of days. And like, it, it's nothing. You literally, I log in at one time, I fly to a planet, I sit in my spaceship with like 40 other people just sitting there doing nothing. And then in like half an hour, we jump and then we all log off. But it's like, it's a great huh. sense of community. It's just fun to be there with all these other people and because the game is very, it likes to to be realistic in how long things take. So like, you know, these, these groups, I'm doing jumps that it takes me hours and hours and hours to get to the places just like of doing nothing, but jump to a system, plot a course, to the next system, jump to that system, plot a course, like truly like you need to be watching something or playing another game at uh-huh. the same time. But it's yeah. worth it because I get that moment of like, huh, we all did that dumb thing, huh, guys? <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. But isn't there a VR version of it? Yeah, but I, so. Uh, that seems weird if there's like that much dead time in the game that kind of lends itself to community and talking and kind of the group dynamic. It'd be weird for a VR experience when you can't do that side thing. You can't like, 
I'm going to use this VR headset and then watch TV. Yeah, I've all, I've been baffled by that. I think, I mean, so for me, the draws when I, sometimes I won't play it with with TV, um, and it is good. It is very good at the simulation aspect in that it's great at making you feel like you're alone in space. And okay. if that's what you want to do, and yeah, and it's boring, but like it would be boring to just be sitting in a spaceship doing nothing. And mm-hmm. so I think the people who play it like that probably, you know, enjoy, enjoy that it. part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I played it in VR once, but my computer can't handle it, and Mar- I don't have it installed on Martha's computer, so okay. someday I will. One day, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, what about you guys? My social was uh, 11%. <laughs> Me too! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, basically that came from, I have a 17% competition and a 13% community. So I do have a slight competitive streak when the need arises. Uh, <laughs> she does. <laughs> uh, overcooked especially. <laughs> uh, but basically, I so I enjoy competitive nature when it's all kind of good and lighthearted. So I'm the person who plays Smash Bros with all the items on because I like the chaos that ensues yeah. and kind of like the whole battle of it. I also enjoy games where you can do co-op where you can make teams and kind of go uh-huh. against each other. Those are really fun, but I'm really big into more local co-op. So when I was younger, I played a lot of Warcraft 3, and I did not play Dota. Okay, I did. (sighs) (laughs) Hard times. Anyways, um, but no, and I kind of like that when we're... That seemed loaded. (laughs) I have some League of Legends and Dota have kind of a rivalry, so you you pretty much play one or the other. When we have that League of Legends uh, episode, I'll I'll go into Dota. Oh man, we can talk so much about Smite and Dota and Battle Rite. Yeah. And uh, Heroes of the Storm. Okay, yeah, I've tried all of those. Still, even though League of Legends has a very toxic community, I do like their gameplay the most out of kind of the MOBAs that I've played so far that are in that realm. Yeah, I would agree. I've also played all of them, um, but I would say... I yeah, the community makes League just not worth playing. Um, and I play Heroes of the Storm, even though it frustrates me to no end that you can't carry. Yeah, it's a game that you just have to go. Well, if my teammates are idiots, we're gonna lose. And especially because I play that game only to get the bonuses for Overwatch, <laughs> I get really <laughs> mad when I'm like, I just need two wins, guys. Don't mess this up. All you have to do is not lose, and we win. It's not that hard. But yeah, I play Overwatch too, and I do have a competitive nature in that. But I tend to play characters that don't actively either in most of the games kill the other characters. I want to do my best that I can support my other teammates to get to the win. So I play a lot of supports. I play a lot of tanks. And a lot of people, when I play, they're like, best support NA. Most of everyone who's friended me on League of Legends is because I've supported them. And they're like, you're such a great support. You focus on me and you keep me alive. <laughs> I was like, that's my job. Mm. I ward. And I'll give you my gamertag one day, world. But anyways. <laughs> but no, and I, I, I get a really uh, like buzz from doing that. Like That's my favorite part of the game. So I don't like playing ADC. I don't like playing things where I have to carry or like I'm worried about kills or you know scores and competitive nature. So I tend to play more of the support characters in Overwatch. I've just recently played it, so I haven't decided on a main yet. But anyways, one day. Yeah, Overwatch, I mean, I think that's one of the things Overwatch does great is because the de-emphasis on individual kills um, as well as like the variety of support and defense characters. Yeah. Just, it mm-hmm. makes it fun for people who aren't like into Call of Duty. Um, and for me, funnily enough, like the I have a hard time with League because I hate letting, letting down my team. Like I've... It's the only game I've ever played where I get actual anxiety. Like my hands oh. get cold and I shake because I 
it's the worst because especially because league like people love to just tell you to kill yourself and do all kinds of horrible things like yeah I just I don't have time for that whereas in Overwatch I feel like for me that's my mobo weirdly because especially because you're allowed to change in in the middle of the match if things are going bad I just go I'm putting these guys on my back we're we're gonna finish this game with a victory if that means that I have to do all the work then so be it like I feel confident enough to do that. That is one of the reasons why I stopped playing League of Legends. It's because I would play, and then all of a sudden, people would be a bunch of the you know, awful things they would say back and forth. And I feel like it's weird because I feel like the people at Riot they try so hard to fix their community. I see mm. it. I see them putting out the videos and like they redoing the kind of like banning um, kind of referral system, and you can like report people in for the third time. They keep overhauling it because they're des- because that's where they make their money. Okay, mm-hmm. esports mm-hmm. great, yeah, it's a big draw, but like the daily people buying the skins and you know purchasing stuff on there is kind of I feel like the big draw is, and if people are leaving in droves because of the community you can't sustain yourself on a small group that like, and it's weird because I don't think of, I can't think of any other mobile where I've seen that bad. <laughs> Community. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly. I Dota gets pretty bad, but I haven't played it enough to say yeah, that. Yeah, maybe but that's. Probably I think true. it really is. It's an impossible task when you have so, your game is of the zeitgeist. You just have so many people who, and especially because it's a hyper competitive game, because yeah. most often people are looking to improve their ranking and stuff, and it's team based in a way that makes you feel like you're anyone else can only be a liability. Yeah. It's so rare. Like the mentality is never, Oh, I've got a great team that's helping me. It's always, Oh, well, if they had come and ganked for me, I would be the one carrying instead of this ribbon. Like it, it's just, there's no way to win because everyone is way too intense about it. Yeah. But the thing is, I don't even play ranked uh, where there. So basically there's two modes. There's ranked where you actually get a score and a leaderboard and, you know, a position. And then there's normal game where it doesn't matter at all. You're just playing a game and it doesn't affect you. (laughs) Yeah, I, I was I, like, ranked seems awful. It is. I don't touch ranked, and so I play normal all the time. Oh, yeah, it's, uh, I'm the same way. Yeah, I don't play like, ranked in games, but it bleeds over. Yeah, like, even that in once normal. You, like, that mindset infects yeah. everything. But yeah, so as far as social, yeah, I'm not high on that. I prefer local co-op just because I like the community of it, and when I have friends over, and I play with my sister a lot. That's probably where it comes in. We yeah. always look for a co-op game so we could play together. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah I, yeah, I scored 11%, and I think that came from co-op games but like i felt like the questions in the quiz were geared toward online things yeah yeah it, yeah there was a little bit weird there's some issues yeah there's some things that i feel like this quiz could be do better in sort of dividing yeah things. and mark mm-hmm. got 31 percent, which is kind wow. of surprising for him since he doesn't really play that much online but he does you know he's mentioned um the uru online and the mist online before well, and so he, that he's was developing very, a multiplayer game yeah. so. and he is developing a multiplayer yeah. game this was steven's highest category with an 85 percent yeah see yeah i agree <laughs> yeah so he's really uh, he, so he had pretty even scores on both the subcategories which are competition and community he had 86 for the first and 74 percent for the latter makes sense the competition he's really big into competitive mm-hmm. like yeah he does sm- he always has to say well i was at this tournament and uh <laughs> 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 and I, I may have placed in the, the high ranking of this tournament anyways so uh he really enjoys that and he loves what's the which one will you have don't look at me about fighting games anyways <laughs> <laughs> i did beat him once and he has to admit it and i wanted to say it on a show that Mr. Master of this game, I still beat him once. Anyways, 
and community, I can understand why you Well, could- if he won't admit you're his girlfriend on the show, how <laughs> do yeah, you that's expect gonna be tough. him to do that? This person, Adia, beat once. Uh, I barely know her, maybe. <laughs> but she's been on our show. Yeah, but he also has a high community score, and that makes sense because he plays a lot with his brother. So he has that same thing where growing up, he played a lot of co-op games with his sibling. And so that kind of, now he's more mm-hmm. geared to kind of those social games. And when you play Friday games, even though it's competitive, it is social in nature. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just, just, um, different kind of social. Yeah. Just uh-huh. Different kind of social. So this is a fascinating category for Martha, uh, because I actually have two copies of hers. Um, and to date them on a video game timeline, we'll call one pre overwatch and one post overwatch. <laughs> so pre overwatch, uh, Social was Martha's lowest category by far uh, at a lonely 18%. Um, and that is like she had 47 in community and eight for a competition. So she's not very into the competition thing. Uh, since starting to play Overwatch, uh, that has ballooned to a solid 63%, um, which I think is still wow. yeah, have it with me. Yeah. Um, but it, that, I do find that funny because I've never seen Martha angrier pretty much at anything. I mean, maybe once or twice, but she plays that game. Like I play all games where she's just constantly screaming at it. She's just, <laughs> like, and this thing is, I, I can't I, see Martha doing it's, that. It's, it's astonishing because she's never like she plays, especially because she likes to play things like Slime Rancher and like cute games. So like she's always she's very like mm-hmm. happy when she plays video games and like Overwatch. I like I sometimes have to go in the other room because I'm like I'm getting bad vibes. <laughs> mad. Like she, get on the point. Why won't you get on the point? Wow. Now I know what she was saying when I was playing. No, see, when we were playing with you, it was fun. And also, she was doing really well, because when we were playing with you, we got matched with really bad players. <laughs> so I was having a blast, even when we won, because at the end of every game, I'm like, ooh, four gold medals again. <laughs> uh, Soul Calibur was the name of the game that I couldn't remember. Oh, yeah. I yeah. played that a little bit in high school. Exactly. Uh, but no, that actually is really cool. I did take mine twice, so I took mine a year ago. Did it change? No. Oh. <laughs> to the percentage point. Wow. Wow. It has not changed. Wow. I'm consistent. Before I did my quiz, yeah, I went through and I just thought about what motivates me as, as a gamer, and I came up with different answers. So I oh, wanted to ask you guys, right. we did that, if there were things that were not included in this quiz as things that you would think motivated you that weren't there. So for my score, did it meet my expectations? Yeah, uh, yeah. So for the majority of it, it made sense because every category was like, yeah, and I would read the descriptions and almost uh, when you take the quiz, they give you a list of games that will fit in this category. I've played almost every single one and uh-huh. the stuff that I scored high on. I thought my strategy would be a little higher just because I do enjoy the strategy of games. I play a lot of JRPGs and so I like kind of like customizing and, you know, how many blah, blah, blah. It's a points game anyways yeah. or a numbers game. But that's the only thing that I would have any gripe with. Overall, I think it did a really good job of nailing me. Yeah, I think mine was almost perfect. Like, I, I, I'm pretty middling in most things, and I think that reflects... I, I play a lot of different games. I, I don't really have, like, one or two genres that I, I stick to. I'll play any kind of game if it has, you know, that, that special something. It's just got to grab me in the right way. And if it does, yeah, I love story games. I love pure mindless action games. I like you know, weird stuff where you have to link perfect timing and all that. Um, but yeah, just in general community, I just want to be able to play a game with everybody. And mm-hmm. that's, yeah, that's well, totally me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it got me pretty well, but, um, Mark's, I would say is a little off. Mark's like, I hate video games. A little, <laughs> <laughs> a little dot. Um, 
I would say that his achievement score of 20% is a little off. Like, oh. I just thought that, like, his completionist would kind of bring him up more. Oh, okay. Because he got, like, 80% in completion. And, like, when I, when I think about him playing video games, it's him playing a Mario game where he goes through the game, gets every single star, and then goes through the game again as Luigi. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. <laughs> no, you wouldn't do that. Or no, you can't see Mark doing that. Oh, yeah. I can see Mark doing it. I can't oh, yeah. see myself doing it. Yeah. I, yeah. Mark seems like the guy who would go through and play yeah. a game and do everything. And then they'll probably throw uh, this like, there's a secret ending, but everything in the game is the same until right at the end. Okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's him. Yep, okay, sure. I'll do it all again. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, that's 100%. <laughs> And so then I think you also asked us. Oh, oh! so I asked, um, were there things that motivate you that weren't um, in the six categories? Because I came up with things that were not in that category. So I couldn't think of too many things. But I think the only other thing that would motivate me to play a game that kind of wasn't expressed in this is. So this fits a little bit into story. But one thing I like when I play games when I'm uh, dealing with characters is I like my choices to be meaningful and powerful, not in just a way that changes things, but like I really love to see uh, how characters change with the game. So for example, I'm playing a game and I love it when I'm talking to an NPC and it takes me a long time to exhaust all the options. Yes, I'm that person in that game where you put like 50 dialogue options for an NPC. <laughs> I'm going to listen to every single one. <laughs> but it's just like small things like that. And it fits yeah. into my immersion score a lot. But I think... Uh, just for immersion, they talk like you like to be immersed in the world, but it's not just immersion. I like to see if I can like feel the what the developers put in the game and kind of see what they were going for. When I can see the kind of love and kind of like thought they put in their world to like really bring into life and the little mm. details, yeah. Even if that doesn't even help with the immersion at all, that's something I look for. And I don't know what to call that, but yeah, yeah, I'd call it details. I don't know, yeah, just like like little details, yeah. like someone who. Decide like if you're opening a door, if the character actually turns the handle and open the door instead of just like walks through. Like I notice stuff like that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, like just the magical door that just opens, yeah. and you're like, yeah. Some people Ooh, like magic. oh, that adds to immersion, but for a lot of people, they don't know. It's not just like uh, if someone just pushed the door open, or if like my character is has a certain characterization. Like, and one nice thing about Mass Effect Andromeda is that I could see where the choices I made were slowly changing small parts of my character, how they would respond to things how they would look at other people, which I thought was really cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Besides the... So, yeah, for people who can't see us, I was making a cross-eyed Mass Effect character yeah. face. So, the animation is poor <laughs> in a lot of the scenes. They've released a patch, which fixed a lot of it. You can read a great detailed article on Polygon, I think, has an article about kind of what went wrong mm -hmm. in the development process. But, like, those are the kind of things I think of, like, or, you know, if the sound of your feet changes correctly, depending on which terrain you're on. So oh. this is probably maybe like, that's immersion, of course. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. But that's where I get like very many. I think yeah. that should have been higher for me. Yeah. Um, the motivations I just thought of pre-quiz mm -hmm. that like slotted right into that. Like I wrote down um, money and box punching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that fit right into it like the achievement and the collecting all the things um but i also wrote down um 
boy drama <laughs> this is true <laughs> i am constantly talking about boy drama <laughs> it is it is just my term that means any sort of romantic drama whatsoever it does not have to involve boys <laughs> um, and, and if a plot does not involve boy drama i will i will just add my own boy drama to it <laughs> um for example in halo uh yeah cortana is totally in love with me <laughs> i mean actually by the later halo games that's kind of implied his like, <laughs> chief and cortana get pretty into each other by halo 4 and 5 yeah well you know you can tell in the first one because what what is she she could choose to present herself as anything and she is basically a naked lady with ones and zeros you know like you you get you get like that other ship's computer Only and he's like a world be. war 1 aviator and then you're yeah. like and i get a naked lady uh-huh she's she's into me <laughs> I also wrote down humor, which is something that I enjoy when it's in games, as uh, evidenced by my my favorite game, Lego Detective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a hard one. I mean, honestly, yeah, humor is hard to do in games. I feel like there's a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of easy ways to fall in really big pitfalls because uh, yeah. I mean, humor is just one of those things where it even something that is is. A, like there's no objective standard. You can't say this no. game is humor because people find different things funny. So like, yeah. it's just so hard to make something that's going to land for everyone. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I know lots of people talk about that with, uh, with the difference between saints row three and saints row four where saints row three is sort of like a series going off the rails. And so it's like, it's very funny, um, but like it tries, like it makes gestures towards like a, a story that isn't, completely but i mean it really is it's just completely off the rails but saints row 4 people don't like it because they're like oh it just went to full silliness where i'm like yeah it it finally lost any evidence that it was anything other than just the wackest game they could think of <laughs> so side note uh, saints row uh, originally came out and it was supposed to be like this really edgy you know uh, grand theft auto and then they realized nah, we can't be as good as grand theft auto so forget it and so they were like, let's just make the most insane game as possible. So it's like Grand that, Theft Auto <laughs> without any of the seriousness, replace everything with absurd demons and like wacky <laughs> weapons. And, and you the can gender be- choices are male, female, and Nolan North. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So they're, they, they realized they had a brand. They're like, look, we can't compete. So let's just become the most insane game you could possibly. Yeah, just lean into yeah. it. Yeah. But like, yeah, and so I think, you know, the, the third game is the one where you can start beating people to death with giant dildos and things like that. Um, but the fourth game goes like a beyond the pale, like time travel and alien invasion. You're elected president. And your first option is do you cure cancer or end world hunger? Like, it's just a complete like bonkers game. You go back to the 50s and kill people with a dubstep gun. So I can't side, recommend that game enough. Side note, every, so I've talked to a lot of people about Saints Row. And the one selling point they almost never forget to say is like, in one game, you can fight people with a giant dildo. <laughs> Nowhere have I talked to someone they have not mentioned that. That must be a big part of the game. It's, it's practically iconic. <laughs> like it is, that, that, The symbol for that game should just be that giant purple sword because it's, it's just delightful. Like that's, that's, they, they picked a tone and they went for it and find me another game that has that and we'll talk. Maybe scribble knots, but I don't know. <laughs> That's too kid friendly. I don't know. You can do some dark things in Scribble Knots. Another podcast. <laughs> also on my list, I put cuteness. Oh, Martha would agree with you there. Yeah, I, yeah. W- I would say that too. Yeah. Uh huh. Because there are some games that I just choose because they're like freaking adorable. Animal Crossing, even though they have tarantulas. <laughs> 
<laughs> How do you know they're not cute tarantulas? I saw those ugly. They try to make the realistic looking bugs in there. I almost threw my DS when I saw it. Okay, it was in my door. I walked out of my door. The moon was shining. Oh, and, because she's a night owl. <laughs> yeah, everything nice. And then I hear this rustle in the bushes. And I'm like, okay, what is that? And so Animal Crossing, I'm thinking, Oh, it's Bunny. She's come to say hello. And so I walk, and then there's this monstrous thing. It is your size. This thing is gigantic. And the legs are all spindly. And if you get too close, it, like, crumbles and then jumps on you and bites you. And then you, like, pass out. Yeah, Animal Crossing goes dark. Anyway. <laughs> and I, I almost threw my DS, and I screamed. And my parents are like, what is wrong with a child? <laughs> no. But I love cute things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That game's like, adorable. It's, it's a a selling point like yeah. you know i would have never played little big planet unless it was adorable yeah exactly and that's a co-op game because usually i am the person who falls off every single platform <laughs> and then everybody's waiting for me being annoyed because i <laughs> took forever to get across the screen because i was busy falling off every single platform <laughs> but when it's adorable it makes it better <laughs> right you know the same thing why i play stardew valley I'm a big for those cute mobile games. Yes, I've played Klepto Cats. Yes, I've played, uh, what's the other one? Neku Atsuma? Okay, but have you played Adventure Time Battle Party? Because that's the be all end all for cute MOBAs. I have not. Okay, it's so good. I have it's to a check flash this out. MOBA made by Cartoon Network. It's like, it has no reason to be as good as it is, and it's a deep, like, fun MOBA and super short. Matches are like 10 minutes or less. I, it might be my favorite MOBA. <laughs> <laughs> I have to check it out. I'm always looking for cute games to play. I also put down Friends. Which goes into social, but like yeah. it doesn't feel the same because the quiz felt so online. Yeah, like mass MMO type style. Yeah, it didn't really yeah. differentiate between people you know no. and people you don't. Yeah, yeah, or like people that you invite over to your house and then you play rock band together. Yeah, yeah, yeah I did a lot of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. High school. Yep. Um, and then I also put down exercise because there are exercise games. <laughs> yeah. DDR, please tell me. Yes. 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 Oh, I yes. used to love playing but, DDR. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And like, that's a sweaty workout. Oh, there's a category then. And I love rhythm games. Uh-huh. So um, I play all kinds on my tablet and, you know, uh, Power Power Rapper. And um, what's the other one? There's a Donkey Kong. Donkey one. Kongo? Yeah. yeah. And oh. then the Osu. And then like. <sighs> Freaking Osu. Yeah. Ah, I saved yeah. it that time. <laughs> yeah, no, I am uh, terrible at rhythm games. I um, I am not music smart. I need like a really, really, really strong beat. Like <laughs> I had to set my DDR to say only on quarter notes do put steps. <laughs> <laughs> because I cannot make the eighth uh, notes. Line dancing like, DDR. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot make those eight notes or like the rest. And um, So you had a wee fit then, right? Yeah. Nice. yeah, I had a Wii, and I had Wii Fit, and um, and I have all sorts of dancing games, and I have Just Dance, and I have for the like, Xbox, the, right? That's the best version. No, I have it for the Wii U. Oh, yeah, the Xbox is a better version because it actually tracks all your yeah. limbs, where the Wii U only tracks where the yeah, mode is. I, but I had like the whatever the Connect version, oh, the that dancing game where yeah. they like throw in this story about like. You have to go back in time via like dancing. <laughs> oh, of course. Because everything needs a story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I have, I've played all of them, but like, yeah. So I like appreciate things with like strong beats um, because otherwise I cannot follow it. Um, 
<laughs> and then uh, people uh, telling me what to do because like they also throw in those like those sections where they're like just do whatever you want in this this area and I'm like this is not why I'm playing your game if I wanted to you know just make up my own dance I would play music <laughs> yeah and I did we fit too um so that's another like you know thing that's completely off the chart because it's a entirely kind of separate type of game mm-hmm. but I wanted to mention it as like yeah a motivation yeah and I did it for exercise and I would get like Hella sweaty. <laughs> Same. DDR yeah. sweat sessions. Oh, yeah. The sweat lodge. <laughs> uh, Mario Kart battle mode is the worst. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. No, I um, I was listening and like I was taking a walk and then like Steven started talking about how he loves battle mode. I like I enjoy Mario Kart, but I generally enjoy the battle mode because uh Racing is ran a lot of times. It's just random. Oh, I got hit by a blue shell, even yeah. though I was in first place. And I completely understand why they do that because I mean, if it, it sucks to be in first place, kind of because you're just driving by yourself. Um, it's lonely at the top. Yeah. <laughs> Mark calls me on the phone and I answer it on my on my headphone, and I was like, "Can you believe this? Steven just on your podcast said that he loves battle mode, and he and Mark's like, actually." Battle mode is my favorite too. And I go, what? And then I like hang up on the phone on him. And then like my podcast resumes in like the very next sentence that he says is. I also like battle mode in Mario Kart way better than racing. (laughs) (laughs) I got so angry on my podcast. And then later in another episode. So are there any games that are coming out soon that everyone's hyped about? Mario Kart. <laughs> With an actual battle mode. Ooh. Oh man, I'm so excited. Right. Battle mode. Battle mode. Battle mode. <laughs> I'm saying that for those of you who are listening and don't like battle mode, you know who you are. I got called out by Steven. <laughs> uh, some people don't agree about <laughs> battle mode. And you know who you are. And I'm sitting there and I'm like listening to my podcast in this airport and then I getting on my cell phone and I'm I'm angrily texting that I just got called out on a podcast. (laughs) I really like racing games, but Mario Kart is the one exception I have because it's like that weird hybrid of like, it's, it is a racing game, but has so kind of like the items and the mechanics make it kind of friendly yeah. to all kinds of yeah, people. It has that elasticity that allows it to be a party game where the winner won't always win and Dylan's biting his tongue right <laughs> now. I hate Mario Kart. I'm sorry. I have to say it out loud. I'm sure I'm going to get my gamer card taken away from me. I hate Mario Kart. I enjoy at least some racing games to some extent, but Mario Kart is just like, Boy, I could literally just put this on auto drive and then maybe I'd win or not. Who knows? Like, there's no satisfaction when you win because you're like, huh, I guess that blue shell missed me. Thanks, God. Or like, or you lose and you go, well, I guess there's no point in trying because if you try, you yeah. lose. And if you don't try, well, you lose. Like, yeah, so it's th- just random. It's not and so satisfying at all. Well, for it, the it, player, player who's not playing <laughs> it for like winning, it's fun because you get to do something. Well, true, but, but I can see that. But if you want to drive a car and not win, go play GTA. Like, <laughs> no one's don't play a racing game if you're not but racing. The thing is, like, but then this you is, get to play it with your friends. Yeah, that, that's a, a good point. And also, my competitive nature comes out in this. So it is so satisfying when you have someone who's playing like I'm in first place. I'm so far ahead, nothing can touch me, and you just see the ego glowing from them. And then you get not one, 
but two blue shells. <laughs> and you just know it's like it's like white people like Greek tragedies. You just like watching the hero fail. And so when you send it over to first place and you know you're just going to ruin their day and everything's just going to fall apart. And as they're sitting so close to the finish line and you slow motion run past them and you were in eighth place five seconds ago. But 90% of the time that doesn't happen. 90% of the time you're like, oh, I'm in eighth place and that guy's far ahead, but I'm going to get him with that blue shell. And then you get some coins and then you get some more coins. Oh, no. And then you finish dead last because <laughs> you got a bunch of coins. And yeah, that guy finishes third because someone else got a blue shell, but you're still last with your coins. Well, I don't know about you. <laughs> at least I got to, but at least I I got to drive around on my friend's NES. <laughs> I don't know about you, but sometimes even that, even though if you know you can't beat him, just taking him down a couple pegs. No, I want to win. If I, if I'm, not, like, I'm okay with other people winning. Like I, you know, it is fun to to take them down a peg, but I want to take them down a peg by beating them. I have no interest in just ruining their day. I want me to win. <laughs> Where's your evil streak, man? <laughs> I want to win. That's why I am so competitive that I don't play competitive games because I can't stand not winning. Like uh, That's my evil streak is I'd rather just not play at all because uh, I want to be the best. The it's nice thing it is about it, if you're having a bad game, because you know you have four games that you play and they collect yeah. all your points at the end. So if you're having a bad game, you can narrow the gap that you have to bridge later on in subsequent courses if you can get them in a lower ranking. So there is some strategy it's to this. It's just not fun, it, though. It's it is not fun. So it's not an fun. enjoyable game. Like, Ugh, I love Mario. Like, okay, and the, the premise as it stands, like, I like the idea, you know, like you were saying about it being a, a racing game, but it also has this, like, item element. Like, there are great games like that. Like, there's a, a classic game that no one ever played for the Xbox 360 called Blur. Blur is, yeah, yeah, it's literally Mario Kart, but with real cars. They're like real licensed cars, so you can drive your Camaro, and you pick up power-ups, and they're all like, they're the same down, like Red Shell, and, you know, the music box thing, and boosts and stuff. Like, it is, it's it's literally Mario Kart, and it's a great game. It's very, like, satisfyingly balanced. It has catch-up, so, like, you, you don't really, it's rare to leave people behind, but, like, it, oh, can, you, can you fall in a ditch? Uh, oh, you can fall off of so many things. The one thing that makes that game so much more enjoyable to me is there is one power-up that is just a shield. And you still have to time it. You still have to know when to use it and, like, orient it. But it's a shield. It just stops. Like, you get that chance to prepare. You get the strategy to say, this one thing is not going to ruin my day. Well, you can do that in the new Mario Kart. They have it. A, you can get it, the new thing to protect yourself against blue shells. But you don't. Because you're in third, and third is first for that game. So you never, like, that's the thing is, I played a lot of Mario, the new Mario Kart. I mm-hmm. played, when my brother bought it for the Switch, I played, I played, you know, five or six hours of it. I've never seen half of the power-ups. I've never gotten a blue shell. I've never gotten... Wait, which Mario Kart? The, the Switch Mario Kart. Yeah, Maybe that, that's yeah. because you're I, too good to no, get a blue no, shell. No, but you don't understand. I didn't win. I'm middle of the pack. Arlo, Arlo wins most of the time. I've never gotten a blue shell. I've never gotten the, the like the sound thing. I've never gotten a ghost or a, whatever you call them, a boo. Like I, the the randomness part of it makes it so unfun because half the time I just am like, well, I didn't start great, so I guess I'll finish sixth again. Like I'll get some more points. Like that's the thing is, it's just not fun to sit there and go, gosh, I hope I get lucky this time. It's the gambling part. Like uh, if you make it one or the other, like okay, give me items so I can improve my place. Or let the racing matter. But saying neither just makes it like, well, I got lucky. Like, is there is there a bullet bill in that game? A what? Bullet bill. 
the, the power up where you're the bullet that flies. Forward. Yeah, that's in there. Okay, I don't. I wouldn't know because I've never gotten one. And I regularly finish eight. <laughs> okay, but that's the point. Is I don't want to play. It's a gambling game. If yeah. luck determines the only like that's the only fun you can get out of is ooh, I got lucky on my items. I want a game like. If I practice that game, I should be able to get better at it. And that's where I feel like there's no draw to, to Mario Kart. Like, I'll sit and play it somewhere while I'm, while I'm drinking a beer, but I'm going to be reading on my phone literally while I play the game because there's just no point in putting any effort or, like, well, I think that's, that's the thing. We're coming in at, at different things, and you had a higher mastery score than I did. <laughs> so Okay, but that's still my lowest score by far. Yeah, true. I mean, 11 is not high. Yeah, but neither seven. is 2%. <laughs> <laughs> but no, because the thing is, like, whenever I like Mario Kart, because when I have people come over and play, there's no one who's good at Mario Kart. And so when you... I just don't think you don't know anyone who's good at... There are people who are good at... Okay, yeah. For the, for the okay. average person, <laughs> even if you have someone who, like, practices all the time, knows all the secret things, I still have a chance to win. Like, there is sure. that luck aspect, and I like that. But with other racing games, if they know that game, and I, this is my first time playing it, I'm, I'm done. There, and even if I played it, like, that whole night, that, that bridge of mastery, just you can't overcome it. Where Mario Kart's like, we don't care about that. Right. Yeah, and I can totally understand that point of view. Mm-hmm. And yes, yeah, for me, the reason I play play racing games is because, like I said, I hate losing, so I don't yeah. play a lot of competitive games. Mm-hmm. But the thing about racing games is it's not like playing a first-person shooter or like, not first-person shooter, because now they're all class-based, which ruins the whole thing. But to use my analogy, like something like Quake, like an old-school first-person shooter that is 100% Twitch mechanics, like there's not there's no progressions playing more well only if you get better you know you'll do mm. better um but racing is this nice balance where yes it's got twitch reflexes you like you have to be quick on your feet but it also has like the courses the idea of the race being part of it being the same every time gives you that chance to even if you're not the quickest at turning your car you can start to learn the flow of the course and you can get better in more than just being like, well, I'm going to play 10 rounds of Osu to see if I can get better at clicking really fast. <laughs> and that's like, that's where it, it just loses. Like it, it's not a racing game to me. I, okay. It is a party game, but yeah, it's a party yeah. game like Mario party where it's like, Oh yeah, everybody throws yeah. some things and at the end. Yeah. I, lose. I treat it like a party game. <laughs> yeah. Same. Yeah. But yeah, Even. that's Flash, yeah. Uh, smash yeah. is the same way where, yeah, it's mostly yeah. just to be fun and throw radishes at each other. Yeah. That's what I, I do. like things to be fun and to keep my friends. <laughs> This is true. And that's why I don't play competitive games with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> that's our show. This is normally the part where Mark tells you to subscribe to Nice Games Club. So go ahead and do that, but only so you can catch the next episode of Evil Games Club, whenever that is. Nice Games Club is always looking for feedback. So tell them that we're the best and they should have us back. But whatever you do, don't fill out their feedback form. NiceGames.club slash feedback. Don't do it, not ever. No, seriously, don't do it. Episode notes are at nicegames.club and on Reddit at r slash gamedev. So until next time, remember to be mean and make trouble. Whatever you do, nicegames.club slash feedback dot don't do it, not ever. <laughs> <laughs> I messed it up.
<laughs> wow. Okay. So we're just going to cross out that yeah. one. One more time. It's okay. Don't All right. worry about Practice, it. Practice. So is it my turn now? <laughs> I got this. Okay. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.